0: partnerships can make you or break you from the boardroom to the bedroom Having the wrong people in your life can make it a living hell. If you want to win big, you've got to bet on the right people. Join your host, David and Patricia Carlin, each week as they sit down with high-level entrepreneurs, celebrities, financial advisors, authors, experts, and more to tell us the secrets to their success and the relationships that have accelerated their success. Their mission is simple: they just want to make more money by helping you make more money. If you're not ready to radically increase your income, this is not the podcast for you. If you are, keep Keep listening to the Betting On Us podcast.
1: John... Lee Dumas, right there, is the founder and host of the award-winning podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire. He is also the author of The Common Path to Uncommon Success, which you and I know well as uh, two, and has published multiple journals, including the podcast journal Ideas to Launch in 50 Days that he co-authored with Kate. Um, Kate Erickson is the innovator behind the the scenes who makes sure the engine of Entrepreneurs on Fire is literally firing off on every single cylinder all the time together. They're a couple who runs a successful multi-million-dollar company and has built a life that runs like a well-oiled machine too. So we're here to learn how they do it and what advice they would give to other couples who are aspiring to build a business together. So now that's yeah. the official. They we're may take that, that intro.
2: You guys like that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't.
1: Very,
3: very well, well said.
1: <laughs> so we have really good questions for you guys, but everyone needs to know before anything else, like we always get asked is, how did you
3: two meet? Ooh, we met as next door neighbors. So I moved into a studio apartment complex, like think Melrose place. <laughs> <Nice>. And, <laughs> um, John was my next door neighbor. So we became good friends and hung out on the weekends and love blossomed from there. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that your same version, John?
1: Or did same you, version. You
4: same, yeah. I was uh, living in this really cute little studio in San Diego, just about a block and a half from the beach. And I get a knock on my door one day, and there's this lady in front of me. And uh, she said, Hey, I'm thinking about living here. The landlord uh, said, You could give me a tour of your place because my place isn't ready yet. I said, "Come on in," and so it's <laughs> like 385 square feet. So the tour took about half an hour, maybe 35 minutes. And, you know, 11 years later, we're getting married. It's like, do you oh. like podcasts? I like podcasts. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. All oh, three podcasts. Yeah, yeah.
3: At that time, if he would have said, "Do you like podcasts?" I would have been like, "What's a podcast?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that, that,
3: is, yeah. that is
2: true because that's and, a long time ago. And before we get into the present. Uh, I want to ask you guys a question. It's kind of an open-ended question for both of you. Is Before we get in the present, in the future, you know, what do you guys want to be known for in terms of your legacy of the businesses that you guys have built?
4: I think one word would be consistency. I feel like that's the major ingredient that 99% of people who do fail, fail with is their lack of consistency. So if there's one legacy that I could leave, isn't like all of the downloads or the dollars or whatever happens over, you know, the, the career that we create, but it's the fact that we show up every day and we put out valuable content and that's why we won. There's really no other reason besides that. So that would be my legacy is that one word consistency. What do you think, Kate?
3: Um, I would say, you know, I go back to the very beginning, John launched the podcast in the business uh, while I was still working a nine to five and we were living together. So we would do a lot of brainstorming together and I was... I was wanting to get into the entrepreneurial space, but I didn't really know how to like crack that, <laughs> crack that code quite then. Um, but we were brainstorming one day and and I was like, well, what's your tagline going to be? Like it's entrepreneur on fire, but like, what, what else are you going to say about it? And uh, we came up with the tagline inspiring millions. And I think that's always been something that's resonated with me um, coming from a, a very corporate background and not really knowing that like this type of lifestyle and freedom was possible. Um, The the fact that we get to pass that on to others is, you know, really big part of this for me. I'm, I'm really passionate about that.
1: That's amazing. And then it actually, that you said consistency. So that was going to be my next question. So I know that you, John, you were in the military for what, eight years, right? So you were in there and there you go. And thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. So, I was going to say that. Do you think that the military played a part on your success? Because consistency, like you said, we know that same thing with everything, whether it's dieting, whether it's whatever it is, consistency is key. So do you think that your time in the military has led to the program being successful as well?
4: I think the biggest thing the military taught me that I brought to entrepreneurship, which is again, lacking with most people, especially most people that do not succeed is discipline. And that was one thing I did not have after four years of partying my face off at (laughs) Providence College. And at 22 years old, I needed a little discipline in my life. And the Army definitely gave it to me over the course of the next eight years as I progressed from a second lieutenant to a captain in charge of four tanks, um, or yeah, four tanks and 16 men during my 13 month tour of duty in Iraq.
2: What do you guys think about you know you know obviously when you guys started out you know not there's people doing podcasts but it wasn't wasn't really a thing now you know everyone's doing podcasts which is great right it's great for for everyone getting you know their business out there their thoughts out there whatever it may be how want someone to start a podcast and you know we're talking about discipline and we're talking about you know do you think that it's more of interviewing as many people as you can and not caring and putting out as much content and having fun just doing it or trying to make a better studio with better images, with better guests and putting out less content? What would you say to somebody thinking about starting a podcast? Which one do you think is better? Because that's, that's probably the discussion everyone always talks about.
4: Yeah, I would say neither. What the one thing to focus on and the only thing to focus on, especially when you're starting, is asking yourself this one question. Have I created the number one solution to a real problem in this world. If you cannot say the answer is yes, then you are not going to succeed at the level that you want to succeed. So it's time to either go back to the drawing board or as I like to say, niche down. Because just because you're not the best up here, I was not gonna be the best podcast host. I was not gonna be the best business podcast host. I wasn't gonna be the best interview business podcast host, but I was gonna be the best interview business podcast host that did a show 7 days a week so i niched down until i was the best the worst the only and that's the solution
1: i love i love uh niching down that makes it's it's with everything and i think even like with our program that we have on you know you obviously we did the interview with you on residual payments is that sometimes mm-hmm. people aren't going to be great at sales but if they could then kind of, and I love that saying, kind of niche down and do something else. Maybe you're great at consulting. Maybe you're great at service. Whatever it is, but at least you're going to be the very, very best at that. Well,
4: if you I like that, that saying, here's a better saying. It's called niche. You're flipping face off. That's
1: the Ooh, I like that. Is that in the book? That's in the book. I love that. I, I love that, and we'll be able to promote that. Um, so Kate, you and I, when obviously just reading what I read online, but we followed, a. it seems like we followed a very similar path. Um, I spent many, many years in corporate America, uh, you know, trying to, you know, climb the corporate ladder, doing it with integrity, you know, seeing a lot of things that I could have taken a lot easier path to get there and just was not one of those people who were going to do it. And then I had kind of an aha moment where I said, wait a second, I'm like the neurosurgeon of our, my industry and I'm working for somebody else. And kind of taking that leap of faith on myself and saying, I'm going to go ahead and be an entrepreneur was terrifying. Right. So you had your time in corporate America. I, I was reading a little bit about it, but what do you think that you hit kind of that? I, I don't like to use the glass ceiling, but do you think you kind of hit that wall where you just knew that you were not going to get any further and, and you wanted to step away and do this?
3: Well, uh, no, I mean, I felt like I had so much further to go in corporate America. I just didn't want to,
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: um, because I was literally, I'm, and that was honestly one of the most frustrating parts about my career in corporate America is I was always at the bottom of the ladder, but I was doing the work of somebody who had already blasted through the glass ceiling. Like I was doing my boss's job for her. I was running, you know, the, the whole department. I was, Doing all of these things way outside of my job description, but I was never being recognized or acknowledged for any of it, and that's what drove me out of there. So, I feel like I had a really long ways to go, but that was what finally, you know, kicked me out of there. Is like I could be doing this at such a higher level for myself um, and actually enjoy it, <laughs> right? Uh, if, if I get out of here, so that was a huge push for me.
4: Yeah, I have a pretty awesome. interesting story too where Kate and I, we were just friends. We were still friends um, and only friends. And But we still like did kind of like friend date night where we'd go get like some takeout and we'd come back and we'd watch an episode of Bachelorette together.
2: As <laughs> you <laughs> <should> admit that. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I coming love back. That. Coming back with a little pad tie, Kate's like, you know, John, I I kind of value your advice as a friend. And um, I have a big decision ahead of me. I, I, I got essentially a, a promotion that I've been Almost guaranteed to, but it's going to mi- mean that I move to, to San Francisco. And I just remember she kind of described just, just that was pros. her
2: way. Yeah, that was her way of telling you, "Hey, I'm leaving." It was pro-
4: <laughs> she just got the pros and the cons of the job, and at the end of the day, I just said, "You got to go. Like this is this is an opportunity you have to take." And like she woke up the next day, she's like, "You know, I appreciate your advice. Like I thought about it, and I, I think I think you are right. I think this is a job I have to take." And And that honestly would have been the end of our story. Um, But, you know, the greater forces intervened and the job was snatched away from her in a kind of a a scandalous manner. And so she had to stay where she was and she stuck around as my neighbor. And uh, then the time was right. That's awesome. And how
2: have you guys think, you know, your relationship and, you know, we don't have to get into the details of your relationship, but how do you think if you were Doing this alone, right. And, you know, just still single. How has your relationship really helped catapult your business and has it helped catapult your business by having, you know, two brains instead of one brain behind the operation?
3: I think absolutely. I mean, I think our business has catapulted for it. And I I always say like, wh- I think one of the greatest blessings of working together is I think it's catapulted our relationship from the very beginning as well. I mean, I know that working together is not for everyone, but for us, we found like this really beautiful harmony where I feel like because we have like this shared strong vision and we're both working towards the same goal, it just makes it brings everything together, everything closer. And I feel like sharing in those struggles, whereas before, you know, we would come home from work and John would tell me about his day in commercial real estate. And I'd tell him about my day in advertising and marketing. And like, neither of us had any idea what that was like, because neither of us had worked those other jobs. And so suddenly we found ourselves in a position where we were like sharing and those experiences and those moments and, you know, being able to brainstorm together and come up with these ideas together is just like made everything like 10 X.
1: Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, we hear, I'm sure you've, you've both have heard this all the time. It's kind of like one of those regurgitating things you hear where it's like, oh, I can never, I I can't believe you guys worked. Out. I would never She's be able to still, alive, so. yeah, <laughs> still alive. Um, so- and it's like, you know, and then you hear kind of these also sayings and, and I just think they're cliche and so wrong unless you work together or try it is like happy wife, happy life. You know, people say that I'm yeah. like, no, yeah. like it's, it's a happy home, you know, happy husband, happy home. It's not even that. But I think when, What people don't realize is that when you are able to find that balance between each other and, and for me, like I've been in payments for a lot longer than Dave, I started and he was on the retail side and we had to adjust and put our ego aside and say, wait a second, I'm, I, I don't, I can't be the know-it-all anymore of this. He has marketing skills and, and I think, you know, you both, you obviously, and, and here's a question for you too, Kate, is that, you know, you're more from what I could see more behind the scenes, your operations, you're the engine that makes the whole, you know, that makes this whole thing run. John, you're the face of things. Do you ever think that has, you know, do you ever feel sometimes that you don't get as much credit because you're behind the scenes as you would, if you were, you were getting the kind of the glory.
3: Yeah. I mean, I had my fair amount of just kind of like grappling with that earlier in our business. Um, And what was really helpful for me is, understanding that like my zone isn't being the person out there with my name and my face on everything. My zone is when I'm behind the scenes and that's what I want. Cause I know that's what's best for our business. It's what I love to do. I feel like it's where I'm my strongest. So there, there were certainly times where, uh, you know, we'd be at conferences and like John and I are walking together. Everybody knows who John <laughs> is, but then they're just like, what about me? like yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I, I really do feel strongly about that because I think there's probably a lot of people who struggle with that, with that idea that. Um, you know, somebody else is at the forefront, whether it's the male or the female or a business partner or whoever else. But I think like being really confident in what it is that you do best and and knowing, you know, where that seat is, um, you know, that that's really helped me a lot.
1: Yeah. I think that's actually a great piece of advice for everybody that listens. And even for people, we have a lot of couples that come through our program and you know, our big thing is it's not about, there's still, even if someone's staying at home, taking care of the kids, you know, we don't have kids, but for, you know, there's, you hear it all the time where, you know, one person doesn't feel valued enough or feel like they're contributing. Meanwhile, there is this engine that sits in the background that wouldn't be working for someone to be able to grow the business and what they have. If Mm -hmm. it wasn't for, you know, if it wasn't for that other person, that's also contributing in the
2: background. Yeah. I mean, that's, you guys can bring in John, John, what do you think about that? You know, when you guys were working together, has it ever been, are you guys always going to, is this the engine? The engine is going to stay the same way. Are you guys, is there anything that you guys are pivoting with the business or any different directions? You want to touch on that as well?
4: I think that we keep things really fluid over here because things kind of do shift and things do adjust. You know, for instance, Kate, Really was more of the behind the scenes for the first five or six years, but really the last four or five years, I mean that 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 narrative has definitely changed. I mean, she was the opening keynote at the most recent podcast movement, which is the biggest podcasting conference in the world. You know, now kind of the joke is every time you know people are stopping us in the hall, it's not like Kate <laughs> picture. The, the comment is, "Oh, it's Kate." Like we really know that you're the reason why entrepreneurs on fire is what it is. Like that's kind of the running joke. So she's really. Emerged through that, you know, earlier in on whatever that anonymous uh, word. (laughs) Right. She's Mm -hmm. uh, kind of, you know, definitely made her stamp and with her own podcast, like Kate's Take. And she now has a current podcast called uh, Nicole and Kate Can Relate. And so she's putting her voice out there, her thoughts out there. And I know it's appreciated by a lot of people, especially a lot of females who. You know, are maybe part of that either couple or they're just doing it on their own and they like, you know, that Kate's, you know, a very strong, successful side of what we're growing over here and independent because she has a lot of things on her own, which is really cool. So I think, I think we're really fluid and I think, you know, it's it's kind of uh, shown that as, you know, Kate's kind of emerged more and we're kind of just taking that as it is and taking advantage of the opportunity because. Yes, it's great when like I'm the opening keynote for a conference, but it's also great when Kate is as well. Like that's great um, overall um, focused into and on entrepreneurs on fire. So I think fluidity is important because things will change over a decade. And that's how long we've been doing this now. So keep the communication high, you know, be willing to flex and be agile and be fluid and life is good.
2: What would you say for, you know, what's one thing that, you either lost a ton of money on or you lost tons of years on in business. What's one thing you could give to, to our audience where don't do this, or if you're going to do this, you know, check, check X, Y, and Z. What's thing? one thing you guys messed up on that you know now that you would never do again in business?
4: I mean, the biggest thing that jumps out to me, and I, I've literally seen every business do this. Um, and for some they've done it successfully and because they should be doing that. And for others like us, they've done it unsuccessfully where, it really didn't fit with the overall thesis um, of the business. And that was, we just at one point got too big. Like at one point, we were literally, you know, quote unquote, employing with virtual um, assistants and independent contractors, like over 13 people. And our monthly run rate was significant and our net revenue was down. Even though the business was still making a lot of money, we were keeping a lot less money on an over month-over-month over month basis as we were quote-unquote growing this team, the gross revenue wasn't growing, um, the, but the expenses were. And again, some businesses should and can do that successfully because they have a different kind of model and they're more scalable or they have more leverage in different areas. And every person they bring on does add to that bottom line. But that just wasn't the case for our business. And we gave it an honest try and we you know made a re- couple really big hires. And we actually even c- considered making a couple more big hires. But as we really kind of studied the numbers and just said, hey, this isn't actually really the business that we want to be running. I mean, we live in Puerto Rico. We only are paying a total tax of 4% every single year. So every dollar we make, we're keeping 96 cents. Instead of trying to just make more and more and more money... How about we just be really happy, you know, making like two to $3 million a year, but keeping like 80 to 90% of that, even including taxes, which is now what we've been doing for a number of years. And that's really been a game changer because now I work six days a month. Now those six days, I work really, really hard. Like the day that I interviewed the two of you, you were one of my seven interviews for that day. Um, and then I have a few other days similar to that throughout the month. But then the other 26 days per month or 24 days per month, I'm essentially doing next to nothing work-wise. Like I might be slight email management, a little bit of social media, this for fun, et cetera. But I'm doing other things like health, wellness, just having fun, like hanging out, doing this, doing that, traveling. I just spent the entire month of March in France, in Switzerland, and in Italy, and just essentially off the grid, didn't work more than like a day during that entire month because of the business that we set up. And we could not have done that, or I could not have taken that, that full month off and been so unplugged if we had that 13, 15, 17 person team that again, numbers wise, really wasn't working for us either. So it made sense on multiple levels to say, let's really find the you know, four to five things that really bring money into our business on a like high profit margin, low time invested comparatively factor, and then dial in those things, really focus on those things. So we've done that. And, you know, one thing that we've done that I think you guys have probably seen for over a hundred months in a row now, actually, is we've published a monthly income report. And that monthly income report shows every dollar we make, every dollar we spend. And a bunch of the most recent ones that we've done have had a over ninety percent profit margin on everything, net profit to gross revenue. Which you know, I I, I thought that like anything over seventy percent was going to be like great. Then we started hitting eighty, and that was amazing. And a couple times we've touched the very low nineties, and we mostly though you know see that in the eighties, which is just fantastic. Because now we have really cut that team down to myself and Kate. Yep. Three virtual assistants, and we have a couple independent contractors for like web development and graphic design if we need them on a case by case basis. But that's you know far and few in between. So it's essentially we have three virtual assistants, two in the Philippines, one in Pakistan. You know their cost of living there is vastly different than the U.S. based. Yep. So our overall um, you know monthly salary is incredibly low, and we're just living in Puerto Rico, keeping the money that we make.
2: And for both of the companies, right? So for both your guys' podcasts and everything else, the, the same team runs both the shows, correct? Exactly. Which I mean, that's most people. That's that's what's funny too is when people find success. One, I always ask people, like, I want to be successful. I'm like, are you ready? If that actually happens, if your dream actually comes true, are you are you prepared for that? Right? Because a lot of companies, as you know, you could have went like this and went straight wow. down the other
4: way. Yeah. You wanna- Tim Ferriss calls it the hug of death because there's he has such a big audience. Sure. Sometimes when he promotes somebody, if he promotes them before they're ready, it's just they get overwhelmed, all their systems break, and then they just, you know, they had that one chance and they just, they, they lost it and then they're out. And uh, you got to be ready.
2: And I'll, and I'll give you, I'll give you guys, you want to give, I'll probably give them the final, I'll give you guys the final yeah. question to ask you this question. I want an answer together from each of you, because I'd like to hear your, your point of views. And I appreciate having both of you on here and we'll get your, where they can follow you on social media, where they can get on your podcast, even though find one of those six days or either one of your, one of your <laughs> days that you're, you're not somewhere. Um, but, what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to you know people aspiring to work together as partners, as a couple, as whatever it may be, but to get into business together, what is the one piece of advice you would give them to be able to run a successful company and not kill each other at the same time?
3: <laughs> uh, I the most critical thing for John and i and and we still work on this to this day. I think it's a exercise that keeps going on and on for as long as you decide to be working together is having a really strong understanding of each other's strengths and weaknesses yep. and that's something that John and I did from the very beginning even before we decided to work together is you know I wanted to know that me coming on the team wasn't going to be like a um you know boss to employee relationship like I wanted to figure out what John thought I was strong at I wanted to let him know what I thought he was strong at um so we both separated uh, in in different rooms and different areas of the house for like two three days in a row, you know, took fifteen minutes a day and just wrote out like what I wrote out what I thought I was best at. I wrote out what I thought John was best at. I wrote out my weaknesses and I wrote out what I thought John's weaknesses were. And he did the same. And coming together and being on the same page about that is what has allowed us to create lanes for ourselves and not cross over really. I mean, John and I sometimes go like days and days without talking any type of business with each other because each of us knows exactly what we're responsible for in the business. Mm. And I think that that has, um, you know, it, it just creates like a a level of being on the same page that almost avoids any, (laughs) potential disasters. <laughs> and maybe,
2: maybe just, maybe don't go so far. And like, maybe when you go to weaknesses, like stop at a certain point, yeah. like, <laughs> <keep going. laughs> yeah. like, do you actually? <laughs> <them all out. laughs> but I think I love that. You know, I think that, you know, That's just what we
1: do, I mean, we, we, we try to stay in our own lanes with stuff and, you know, and it's funny as soon as it's almost like, we call it like the bumper car effect, because as soon as one of us, crosses into the other lane, it's like, boom. And it hits. And we're like, all right. And we get like a little testy and we're like, cause you know, we we're like, you guys, I think we're, I think the four of us were living the dream that people want is to be able to work from anywhere. We're on our phones. You get to travel. You're still doing, you're, you're working just as hard, but you're doing it in a way that gets you to be able to live. And I think they're, Is a misconception that when you're working together and you're also living together, that it's not healthy for the relationship. And like what you said before, I think it I think working together just makes the bond even stronger if you if you do it the right way.
2: Yeah and John what would your be your biggest piece of advice you would give to another couple or aspiring people to work together Don't um, do it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Run. <laughs>
4: well first off I do think it's funny when Kate was talking about like writing down strengths and weaknesses. I was like I'd love to see that piece of paper of <laughs> she wrote as Mike. I I know I saw it 10 years ago, but I don't remember it at all. So I'd right. love to see that. 15 greatest weaknesses. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> but I like to keep themes going because, you know, I think when people really hear themes, it sticks with them and, and they realize the importance of it. So, I mean, it's, it's very similar to what Kate just shared, which is having incredibly defined roles. Like that to me is so important, so critical. It's like you have to have defined roles because the the only times that i've ever thought that kate and i you know were were struggling working together is when we kind of crossed into each other's lanes like kind of what you're talking about with the bumper car effect where you know that's where it gets frustrating because now it's just like r- one thing that i i really dislike personally is is repeating work is doing the same thing twice or doing something you know, like when Kate and I, if we ever combine forces, we should be now doing things at 2X minimum, maybe three or four or 5X better because we're doing it. But I think a lot of times people combine their forces and they're doing things at like 1.2X, 1.3X, which means you're using two people to not get, you know, two people's worth of stuff done because it's dragging you down and dragging you back. Whereas like, I know what I'm doing. I'm off to the races. I'm running it. I'm doing it. Kate knows what she's doing. She's off to the races. She's running it. She's doing it. You know, having what we call in the Army AARs, after action reviews from time to time to make sure that, you know, we're, you know, happy with our systems, we're happy with how things are running. But, you know, I know that Kate's not happy when I, you know, try to butt into her systems. And I know that, you know, vice versa. So really define roles, being very communicative every step of the way. And one kind of last thing that I think is important that I think a lot of couples do struggle with, that Kate and I seem to do pretty well naturally, is we do kind of have like, you know, an end of the day, like 5 p.m., I'm taking our dog for a walk. And like that kind of like signals no more business talk. That's hard to do. It's done for the day. Dinner has started. You know, if we want to sit down and watch a movie or go hang out with friends, you know, we're not kind of like, you know, like laying in bed, you know, at night. You know, discussing you know like what what happened that day in business right. because that just will start conversations that we probably don't want to start at that time of night. Like, it can always wait till the next you know business day.
2: So, I if people that. reach out to you guys, don't do it at night. Do it in the <laughs> do it in the morning. won't see it day. Yeah. <laughs> and then for you guys as well, uh, you can each go separately because you guys have all different things. If you want to tell people where they can find you guys and your different podcasts, your social medias. Uh, it was absolute privilege having both of you on here today. So, we do appreciate it. Getting so much.
1: our getting our feet wet in the podcasting world. So, it's uh, I was thinking about what you said, we'll, niching we'll down. We'll have them
2: back on again. Yeah. We, yeah, we'll get rid of this. <laughs> so, so, so.
3: <laughs> this is take one.
4: <laughs> I've been taking notes for you guys. Like I said, <laughs> I knew it, I
3: knew it. No, this was really great. Thank you so much for inviting us on. It was a real pleasure chat with you both. It's always nice to get together with other couples in business because there's so much, there's so many different like levels of relatability. So appreciate you guys bringing us on. Um, I love hanging out on Instagram. I'm Kate L. Erickson on Instagram and uh, everything we do is over at eofire.com. Awesome.
4: Check out our podcast, Entrepreneurs on Fire at all the major podcast platforms. And Instagram for me is John Lee Dumas. Well, Perfect. thank you both
2: again. I really appreciate having yeah, you guys so on nice. here. I know you're like, this is don't, <laughs> don't don't do any more work for the rest of the year. This is probably your last day of the year working. But <laughs> <laughs> but thank you both of, yeah. both of you being on here. It was a pleasure having you on here, and have a great rest of your day. Send our notes,
0: John. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Betting on Us podcast. If you appreciate the content on the show, please leave a five-star rating and review and send this to someone you think needs it. Keep betting on yourself and we'll see you on the next episode.